Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The Iron Brew Podcast is sponsored by Henley Granite and Marble. Henley Granite and Marble offer very competitive pricing on a huge range of worktops. We pride ourselves on our fantastic customer service and three working day lead time from template to installation on standard kitchen worktops. For more information, visit henleygraniteandmarble.co.uk, quote Iron Brew for 10% off your quotation. Small enough to care, big enough to cope. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast, Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard and Matt Ellis. Right, well, it's been quite a while since we've done one of these. There's actually been four games since our last one. It's Morecambe, um, Forest Green, Mansfield, and most recently Walsall. Obviously, as you're all aware, we lost all four of those, so four defeats in a row. Um, we've decided for this podcast, rather than doing you know, a bit of a, like game analysis like we normally do, a bit of a play-by-play, there's not really an awful lot of point in doing that. I mean, for a couple of reasons. I think, firstly... You know, some of these games, Morecambe especially, it was, it's a long time ago. You know, we've all sort of moved past it by now. Um, there's also, we've conceded quite a lot of goals across these four games. So it would take quite a while to get through them. So again, you know, do it for timing. Uh, and then also there's been, you know, a lot going on at the club recently, hasn't there? And we've had quite a lot of questions in. So we're just going to have a bit of a general discussion about, I guess, the last few weeks and what's going on at the club and everything uh, in regards to the questions that, you know, you, you've all sent in. And I think let's, I think let's go straight in with the, um, the, sort of the swan and the ground situation. We've had a few sent in about that. Uh, now, I think for me, chaps, I'm going to kick off by saying... I, I've I've looked at um, you know every, everything you guys have sent me. You know I've read it. I've listened to the interview that uh, the chairman did with Burnsy. Now I'm not a hundred percent sure I understand all of this, so you know I'm not going to pretend I do. Um, but it seems that uh, basically the chairman and his company have acquired the assets uh, that do belong to the club, and obviously Peter Swan owns ninety two percent of that club anyway. Uh, but has moved that assets uh, and and has basically written off 11 million worth of debt uh, in regards to for getting those assets. And there's a whole whole host of things we can go into with this, which we will, but just, I don't know, first impressions, if, if that's the right term to use, you know, what do you make of this situation? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really tough one, because I think if you look at sort of clubs that have done this historically, um, you know, I think Burnsy asked Peter Swan if, if this has been successful anywhere else. And um, he said he thought it had. But actually, you're thinking of clubs that, that have done this or, you know, done similar where they've actually um, sold the ground or lost the ground. And, um, you know, it rarely ends well. And I think there's there's a lot of fans that are angry about it. And I think um, a lot are worried about the long-term fu- future of the club. Um, I think you made, made a really good point there about Swan and sort of, um, his shareholding, obviously, he owns ninety-two uh, percent. Yeah, so you know, at the end of the day, um, I think the future of the club is is in his hands, and and it has been anyway, really, since um, he he acquired that amount of shares. Um, so I don't think anything's changed in that regard. But obviously, uh, moving forward, I think that is going to be the issue if Swan decides he wants to leave. Um, and you know he's not going to be around to support the club financially. I think that's where the problem might start. Um, I think obviously he's mentioned that it's going to be rent free until the club can afford it. And and again, that might seem quite attractive. But at the end of the day, um, it's not as attractive as, as owning your own ground and, and paying no rent at all. But um, you know he's he's kind of gone into the reason why why he's doing it. Um, I think. Fans have obviously had their say and, and voiced their opinion, and, and obviously a lot aren't happy. Um, so it's going to be interesting how it develops. Uh, I think there's there's obviously um, probably more twists and turns in this one yet, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. I think the only positive really is is that the debt 
um, that has been accumulating um, since Peter Swan arrived and, uh, you know, since, since he's been at the club, um, has now been wiped out. So I suppose that's that's the only positive of it, really. Um, but yeah, as, as I say, I think I think fans are right to be worried. Um, historically, looking at other clubs, yeah, it's not always gone well. Um, so yeah, let's let's see what happens. Well, I mean, if you mentioned there about fans being concerned about the club long term, uh, I think it's only right to point out that um, on that interview with Burnsy, which is is quite interesting, I think it's definitely worth listening to if you haven't done already. That uh, you know, it, it's saying that this is a move that will secure that long-term future, and that there's, I think, is it that clause, isn't it? That's 999 years or something guarantees football at that site if they want it. Um, so there is that. I think should we just talk briefly about the reasoning for doing this? He essentially said that uh, where he's looking to get investors for various things like the you know the, the flats and uh, you know I guess the ground redevelopment. He's saying that, you know, if a company looks at, say, Scunthorpe United's books because of the last few years, you're not going to see profit there. Whereas moving the assets under his company, just sort of swapping them about, it might mean that uh, that they're in a better position to, you know, invest that money. And, and as you've said previously, Matt, you know, he's, you know, he owns the club anyway. So it's still, you know, it's still all within the same thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm not 100% on, on sort of how these things work. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's his reasoning for doing it. Um, who knows? I, I don't know whether that would, that would um, you know, make it easier to, to borrow and, and get people investing in the new development. Um, and we've got, to, we've got to see whether that's going to still go ahead. I know he was talking again about um, maybe the... End of the year, wasn't it? I think yeah, end of the year, um, you know, Starting the new st- uh, the new stand, uh, whether that happens remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just who knows really. I think um, long term, I think that that's the most worrying aspect of it. I think it's always been sort of when when you think about the club, you know, it's, it's always been great that we've been able to own our own stadium. Obviously, loads of other clubs have had issues. Um, over over the years, and we see Berry, and we see other clubs um, sort of really struggling. Coventry as well, you know that that's still ongoing. Um, I Darlington, think, uh, I think, were one, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. There, there was all sorts of all sorts of clubs have obviously um, really struggled, having lost um, the stadium um, and then having to pay rent and things like that. But yeah, I, I, I don't know really. It's, um, it's it's very difficult situation. I think the other thing we've got to look at is whether. The land. I mean, who who's valued that at eleven million? Could because you know there's there's a lot of um, development going on down there. There's obviously the new um, the retail land. So that I think there's a hotel and gym going in there. So obviously that land um, should you'd imagine is going to be worth even more. You know, um, you know it's sort of prime retail land um, and. Yeah, it's who who's valued at eleven million. I think I think Swan's got a really good deal there. Um, but you know, let's let's see what happens. I think the other thing we've probably got to look at is is where that money's gone and and sort of eighteen eighteen nineteen million losses since he came into the club. Um, you know, probably we we did say at the time some of the, some of the spending wasn't sustainable. Obviously, that's been scaled back now. And, but but those losses are obviously still there. And I know they've been wiped now, but I think probably um, some of the decisions and, and some of that spending probably does need to come under a little bit of scrutiny because obviously, um, you know, we've, we've got nothing to show for it. Um, and I think the most disappointing thing for me, when Peter Swan came into the club, he, he always said that he'd never leave the club in debt. And if he was to walk away, then then the club would be debt free and, you know, wouldn't be in a, in a worse position than when he came in. And I think he, he said that many times, um, you know, I've been at fans forums where he, where he said that and he's been on the radio to say that. And, um, you know, he may well leave us debt free when he eventually does leave the club. Um, but he didn't say that he'd leave us with, without our main asset, which is obviously the stadium and, and the land. Um, so that's that's the disappointing thing for me. But at the end of the day, I think, as I said, the future's been in in his hands um, for a long time. You know, since since he got that uh, sort of um, the, the major shareholding, um, and there's not a lot we can do about it. I know there's obviously um, 
fans sort of up in arms about it this week. But, you know, what can we do? I think it's, it's one of those. We enjoyed the spending at the time and, and we kind of enjoyed the ride when we when we nearly got to the championship. And, um, yeah, we, we've just got to see. But, um, yeah, it's, it's worrying and I can understand the concerns. Uh, yeah, a couple of points um, that I kind of picked up on. Um, the first one is, obviously, the, the premise was to to kind of wipe the debt to make kind of the club, you know, more attractive to investors. But um, any investor, before they're going to invest any money into a football club, especially in the current climate or in the near future, they're going to look at, um, you know, they're going to do the due diligence, diligence excuse me and they're going to look at the books aren't they they're going to look at you know whatever they can um but they're going to see that 11 million pounds worth of debt's been wiped off and, and the main asset the club's been moved into a you know in, into sort of the parent company if you like if you want to call the, the club maybe a subsidiary of cool silk um but the problem is they're going to think well you know he, he's he's been there you know eight years or whatever he's racked up you know as you said matt he spent about 18 million quid or whatever but he's racked up you know, debts of 11 million quid, you know, they're going to be a bit concerned about that. Um, so they're going to think, you know, a couple of years down the line, is that debt then going to start accruing again? Because it can't be written off again by moving an asset away, can it? <clears throat> so it's, it, even though that debt's now not there, it was obviously there. So it's, it's, it's not now, not something that didn't exist. Um, so anybody coming in, they're still going to ask questions about that just as much as they would if the debt was there. So whether or not that actually makes it a more in you know attractive investment, I mean, I suppose it does in a sense because you know yes, the, the club is not led with debt when when an investor or, or you know a consortium of who would come in. However, at the same time, it almost makes it worse because you've the club's lost its main asset, obviously the ground and the, the surrounding land, um, but it's also then got the history of the debt, which would then suggest that you know, could it come back? Or if I'm going to put my money in, is it going to be become part of future debt? If you see what I mean, because that, that makes it, you know, a slightly stable investment. So I think that there's, there's still those questions are going to be asked. So whether or not it makes it a more attractive investment, you know, I don't know if it does personally, but, you know, I'm, I'm not, Peter Swan, I'm not a property developer. I'm, I'm not a businessman. Um, but they're still going to see it for face value of what it is. So it's going to be interesting to see if that does kind of affect, you know, anybody who will come in to invest in in the future. But of course, you know, the club, of course, has been essentially stripped of its, its, its major asset because that is its major asset, the ground and the land. You know, that's where the club lives. It's where it breathes. That's where the bricks and mortar are. It's, that's where it physically exists. And now it's no longer belongs to the football club in name so that's also rather worrying isn't it for fans and you could you can understand why people are concerned and, and you know I'm, I'm concerned most fans will be concerned um I think in in initially you probably have to take it at face value um you know a lot of people won't agree with me um but the chairman still put a lot of his own money into the club. He is still here and he's, he's, he's reiterated his commitment to the club. So, you know, I, I, I'll probably take it for face value in the first instance, but then our football league position is precarious. We can still go down and it wouldn't surprise me if we did because, you know, we're so abject, but I think it's, it, it's still going to take quite a lot. But at the point where we do get relegated, if we do, then the club obviously becomes a lot less attractive to investors. It's no longer got its ground on its major assets. Therefore, I think as as well, um, obviously worth pointing out though, that, that, and I think you're getting at this, Matt, anyway, but just for sake of clarity, that when we're talking about investors, it is in terms of like developing you know, things at the ground and and whilst Peter Swan is here, rather than any potential takeover at this stage. I mean, I would su- suggest that it might be both, um, you know, for now, yes, it would be mm-hmm. investment in the development and in the infrastructure around the club and um, the hotel, you know, all these things, the stands, you know, the, 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 the facilities that can be added on, et cetera, et cetera. But then at the same time, um, Swan has never been shy of saying that he will listen to investors of any form. So looking further down the line, if the worst was to happen, if we were to get relegated next season, the club drops into non-league. The club no longer has its major asset. The chairman, of course, this is speculation and there's, there's been nothing to indicate that this will happen. 
the chairman thinks, you know, I've been here eight, nine years, might be time to cut my own losses. At the same time, he owns the ground, so he can still charge rent to whoever then comes in and takes the club over, unless they buy the ground at the same time, which is obviously going to be worth more than 11 million quid, one would have thought. So that's the worst case scenario, isn't it? Really, because if we do happen to drop into non-league and you know, we, no, we no longer have our own asset, our, our major asset, which is our ground, then we are not very and not a very attractive proposition to anybody, really. Um, you know, the history of the club, we've been in the Football League for X amount of years, blah, blah, blah. It won't really mean anything. You know, you're, you're a non-league club and you're paying rent on your ground that you don't own. So it's it's a very difficult situation. This is, you know, of course, the worst case scenario. There's no evidence to suggest this will happen other than, you know, we're absolutely shy. So if you get relegated, I wouldn't be surprised. But, you know, you can see why people are concerned because, you know, maybe us getting relegated would be enough to, you know, to, to tip the chairman over to thinking, you know, maybe I've had enough now. And But it's, it's, it's a risk, isn't it? It is it's a risk that we have to be mindful of and, and aware of and it is is realistic as well because of you know where we are at the minute well you're talking about league positioning there and I think shall we let's move it forward to maybe some more on the pitch matters because we've had a lot of uh, a lot of questions in and you know people saying their opinions about this sort of thing as well um let's start I think with that league position and let's just have a little look at that because I, I mean, I still think we're all right. I still think we're all right, even though Southend and Grimsby won at the weekend. I still think we're just about okay, but it's it's close though, isn't it? I mean, we're forty-seven points, Barrow forty-six, Southend on then on forty-one in twenty-third position, and Grimsby on forty. I mean, there's not much separating it. That goal difference at the minute for Southend minus thirty, we're on minus eighteen, is the one thing that sort of bit of a comfort but again that's not all that much you know they score three in a couple of games they've only got two left you know we let in in the way that we have been doing recently I think we're safe but we're not out of it yeah I think you're completely right Um, it's just so disappointing that we find ourselves in this position when really you look at it and and a point um, a point extra would have just you know, got us over the line, and I think it's the last few weeks have been an absolute disgrace on on the field. Um, I mean, where do you start? The defending has just been um, horrific at times. I, I mean, the one thing you could you could probably say is that we're playing players that are not one hundred percent fit. I think um, you you could make a case for Taft and on Ariste, um, You know, it looks as though they're they're playing, and they may be. I don't know. 20-30% fit um, they just don't look comfortable at all um, and yeah we're just getting ripped apart I think um, you've only got to look at it I think obviously Forest Green um, yeah. we're in a really bad run of form when we go there um, but did we ever look like winning that game I know we went ahead but again really sloppy goals people unmarked in the box just really basic errors Um I mean that game. We were, it was like the the goal right before half time, make it one all. I think wasn't it? It was just out of nowhere, really. And then you, we had ten minutes at the start of the second half where I think Issa got the goal. And but then it, it just goes back to you know what it's been like for most of the season. Yeah, it's just it's just shocking, really. I mean, it's but yeah, it's just been awful to watch. Um, you know, even yesterday. I, I turned it off after sort of forty minutes, and you know, I very rarely in the in the sort of past twenty years, I was trying to think, have I walked out of many games? Um, you know, when I, when I've been there watching, and one or two before the end, generally stay till the end. But you know, yesterday I just I just turned it off. I just couldn't. It was just so bad. Um, you know, there were so many simple passes. You know, that we, we couldn't make ball control just just lacking um you know you you probably got your best player on the bench um yeah I, I just think it was it was just shocking and again we're kind of playing our way back into um back into trouble and I think we we are relying on either Grimsby well Grimsby we're, we're relying on Grimsby to drop points um, because I just can't see us picking up another point between now and the end of the season. 
that we've played three teams really um, in Forest Green who, you know, yes, it's still, uh, there's still a decent side. They still might make the playoffs, but they was in a terrible run. Um, you got Mansfield who, who were down there, thereabouts, you know, they've not had a good season. And Walsall, who are really poor as well, really poor side. Um, and yeah, three easy wins really for, for the opposition. And obviously the Morecambe game, obviously they're up at the right end of the table. But again, the the defending that night was, was awful. And it's going to take a lot for us to be relegated. Obviously, um, it, it would be a big swing in terms of goal difference. But as you say, the way we're defending, the way we're conceding... Um, it's only 12 goals. Exactly. It's not out of the question. And um, I think I think we'll just about do it. And I think we'll, we'll just about limp over the line. But I think considering, um, you know, we had a chance to kick on really after after that decent run of form. Um, and it's just not happened. And, and there's probably reasons for that. There's, there's, there's probably many reasons for that. Um, is the contract one? His contract situation and um, playing its part again. I'm, I'm sure we'll discuss that. Um, who knows? But I, I just know it's it's not been good enough on the pitch, and um, you know the players do need to take some responsibility for that because I think some of them have clearly just down tools. Um, but I think Cox does as well because looking at that side yesterday, you're looking at the lineup. Um, all right, you know, Gem Gem's missing, um, but there's enough players, you know, enough sort of players that we think are okay, you know, decent players at this level and to go down sort of, I don't know, we, we just didn't trouble, from what I saw, we didn't trouble Walsall at all. It was just a walk in the park for, for Walsall, who were, again, as I said, another poor side. Um, well, th- this is this is what I was going to come on to next anyway. Um, we can talk about contracts thing in a minute because we've had a quite an interesting question in about that but this is you know this is this is a worrying thing really obviously four straight defeats as we've said but in the last two no shots on target you know and and that's happened to my memory six or seven times this season yeah yeah it has and I think I mean I, I did say it must have been a month ago now that it must be a record for um you know amount of games where we've not managed to register a shot on target and I think sort of in the past couple of weeks we've, we've added to that um, and it must be I mean I've, I've never I, can, I can't remember a season like this um, I think it's sort of 25% or probably more than that now where we've, we've not managed to score a goal um, and then yeah six, seven, eight games without a shot on target I, th- I think it's, it's awful I, just, I, I don't understand I don't understand how sort of a, a professional team can cannot register a shot on target, not even, not get anywhere close in some of these games. Um, yeah, just just awful. It, it goes back to where we were sort of earlier in the season. I think we, we've had a decent bit in the middle, which has effectively secured safety. And then we've had sort of bookended it with with just, it's an absolute horror show, isn't it? And I, <laughs> that's, that's the only way you can describe it. And the, thankfully, a lot of these players will be leaving. Um, because you know they're clearly not bothered about uh, playing and and representing the club. So you know the sooner we can move them, them on the better. Uh, but yeah, we've just got to hope that other results go for us. Because I just can't see it. We've got some difficult games left. You look at them. It's Newport. Is it Bradford and then Stevenage? I think we've got. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. exactly. And um, you know, three three decent sides. I know we obviously beat Bradford. Um, I think that was our last win, wasn't it? Uh, the yeah. Bradford game. Newport still pushing for the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. And I mean, the worst thing we could do on Tuesday night is go there and you know get get an absolute hammering, which which could happen. Uh, oh, which we, it, it will happen. Though, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if, if we play like we have done recently, they will because uh, they've got a decent side. Uh, they're really good at home. You know, I think it's it's nailed on home win. It's just how many you know how many is it going to be? Um, and then you know if the others below us pick up a win, I think Grimsby are playing definitely, then you're looking over your shoulder. And, and again, it could go down to the last game of the season, which is, I know we've had a, a shocking season, but but we should have kind of secured it by now, I think. Um, well, this is it. I mean, it, well, we're 47 points. You know, you look about 50, don't you? And I think Neil Cox has said they're looking at about 50. But I mean, we, we were just chatting before we started recording this today. 
we've just said, haven't we? You know, a point from any of these three games left would more or less do it. Mm. But it's been the case for about the last month that a point would more or less do it. Yeah, a point, a point is, is will be enough because obviously, if Grimsby win all their games and we get a point, we stay up, don't we? I think it's. I'm sure it's as simple as that. Um, and obviously, the, you've got the goal difference in there as well, which essentially works as another point. But I think that... And equally, Grimsby, I think any game <coughs> they play could be the one that sends them down, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Now. Well, I mean, if, if they hadn't a won um, against Oldham in, in the 80th minute with a screamer yeah. at the weekend, they'd, they'd be down now. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're like living as close to the edge as they possibly can. I think that, you know, the, the, the disgrace of it, if you, if you like, is, is the fact that we are that many points clear yet. I still think that we're so close to going down because, as Matt said, you know, I don't, I can't see us getting anything from any of the games left. No, me neither. Because, because you know, as you said, the, the, the players have, have down tools for whatever reason that is that they're just not functioning as professional footballers should. So if they did, we probably would have had a few more points towards the end of the season. But because it's for whatever reason, whether it's the contract situation, you know, we don't know, um, but it's been an absolute catastrophe, hasn't it? And and that's what is is really annoying me is the fact that despite we are like six points or whatever away from Grimsby, I still don't think that we've, we're going to get anything else than the fact that we still need to win for them not to overtake us because we're so shy, even though we're six points clear with three games left or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a disgrace. It it's not going to get any better. You know, we're going to. I mean, it's going to be a miracle if we go to Newport and put a performance in and get anything out of it. I mean, a point will be enough. Um, but it's, I still, I honestly, I can't see it. You know, based on the performance at, at the weekend against against Walsall and the last few performances, it's the players have, have they've given up. They've they've stopped listening to instructions. They've, they've they've completely lost all pride and and willingness to do anything. To be quite honest, other than go through the motions, which is is obviously not enough even though we are at the end of the season and playing teams like Walsall who, who can't go down they can't go up they can't do anything yet they still you know they outfight us they outmuscle us they outscore us they outplay us at home when we really need the point and they need nothing and we've just not turned up they've turned up for a training match they've, they've you know kind of sorting around they've scored a couple of training batch you know pitch goals you know our defense is just basically let them score because it's just useless and and you know that's where we are so what do you make of the comments from Cox that basically said that he thinks they're essentially a bit nervous at the minute and that uh, especially this is in regard to the Warsaw one, that they were probably playing for a clean sheet, even though that's not what well, he says, that's not what they set up to do. And and I think there was a noticeable change because thinking of the Warsaw game, you know, you, you were, I mean, relatively, isn't it speaking, they were all right in the first 10 minutes. As soon as that goal went in, they, it just dropped didn't it there was a noticeable change yeah I don't it's a bit of a weird one that that they're a bit nervous I mean I don't really know should they be nervous they're professional footballers have done it enough times to know what they should be doing on the pitch I mean you know the confidence might be low but you know nervous is is a strange word to say it's as if as if Cox has said you know you don't perform I'm going to come around and slash your tyres or something like that you know it's such a weird thing to say what about this well how about this then because Listen, and we've listen. We've had we've had comments about this as well, as we know in the uh, in the press afterwards. Neil Cox will often say, you know, he's on his thoughts, and I still think that is, uh, you know, a decent thing to be doing. Yeah, you know, he, you know, he'll call a player out when he's had a bad game, um, which I, I I think in in the season we're having, if you had a manager that came on afterwards and just said. Um, you know, yeah, there were some good bits in that game. We'll regroup, we'll go again next match. You'd get sick of that very, very quickly. On the other hand, do you think that's having a bit of an effect on some of the players that you think, okay, well, if I have a crap game here, you know, he's going to slate me on the radio afterwards? <laughs> yeah, I think, Potentially. Yeah, I think it definitely has. I think it's... Um, there, there's a couple of reasons, obviously, that the players are, are not interested anymore and I think that might be one of them you know I don't think he ever really takes any responsibility on the radio afterwards he's he's really keen to tell everyone that he's given them a bollocking in the in the dressing room and you know do they deserve it yes you know 100% they've, they've been absolutely awful for weeks and weeks um, and they're not listening to instruction they're not kind of I mean, we had the incident before, was it the Markham game, where the, the player's not watching the... Oh, of course, yeah, we haven't talked about that, have we? Um, you know, 
for me, I, I don't know who that player is. Should they really be playing again? I mean, we don't know who that player is. Um, but it did seem as though Cox was going to include him the week after. Because um, everybody else is injured. <laughs> yeah, but again, it, it doesn't set, for me, it doesn't set a good example for some of the younger lads, um, you know, that, that are coming through. We've obviously seen Jessup a few times off the bench. We've got Dawson, who by all accounts were going to start yesterday. Um, and there's others, you know, there's others. I know Hornshaw's injured, but he's been in and around. A few others. Um, kind of Barks is another one that, Pew as well. With, yeah, Pew. Um, so there's these lads that are obviously watching this unfold. And I, I just think it's it's a little bit disheartening for them, really, when, when there's first-team players that are just basically ignoring all instruction. Uh, but then, you know, well, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll play them anyway. Um, and I think, you know, it must have an effect when, when he's coming out and he's been very vocal. And, you know, the fans, I think the fans do want to hear that. And I think you're right, Brad. I think it's it's refreshing or it was refreshing to hear him yeah. come out. I think it was, I think that that's the key thing. It was refreshing earlier in the season when he called out certain players and, and, you know, he said it's not good enough. Um, but for me, yes, we had that four or five game run where we, we were okay. Um, we picked up the results without being fantastic. I think we, we defended really well at times and, um, you know, he deserved credit in, in that period. But I think since then, um, you know, just recently, we, we've seen more kind of in the press. He, he's been calling them out. He's, he's been kind of saying some of them are not good enough, um, even though they're playing and and do have to play in the remaining games. You know, he's he, he's saying that some of them are not good enough, but then he's still having to play them. Um, you know, if, and if I was a player in that situation, would I be giving it my all for for Cox? Probably not. Um, I don't know. I, you know, you've got to remember kind of the the apparent, the apparent mentality of some of these players now. I mean, Cox has said it. You you can't bollock them anymore. You can't kind of um, get get stuck into them because they don't like it. Um, and I think that's probably where you know there's got to be a balance. And I think a lot of this could have maybe um, played out behind closed doors. But I think the other one is is the contract situation and. Mm. We need to talk about it. Obviously, it's it's another issue. It's it's an issue that's um, kind of derailed us in the past, whether it's been promotion or. And obviously, um, this season, yes, we, we probably will just stay up. But again, it, it looks to have had an impact. Um, and I completely understand Peter Swan's uh, viewpoint on this one, where you know you've got players that are probably or almost certainly going to be moving on, regardless of what the club offer. I'm thinking Issa, um, potentially Maguire, Gilead. Um, but anyway, whatever deals were on the table, they've, they've all been removed. I don't know. I, I can see it from the club's point of view. We can't wait forever. We've, we've got to start planning for next season. But then, on the other hand, I can also see it from the players' perspective and, and I can probably understand why why maybe they're not giving it their all. Um, something's happened, hasn't it? I think that that's the key thing. That there's something um, sort of in the past... I don't know, six weeks um, that, that's basically, we've seen this this kind of um, lack of effort from the players, which I think, you know, during that decent run, we saw a lot of effort from the players. I think they were playing for him. Um, but I think now, would I say he's lost them? I, I don't know. But I think I think they're definitely sort of down tools um, in certain games and, and the certain players that have done that more so than others. And I think um, at least one of those is probably one of the players that's going to be leaving in the summer. It's difficult as well, isn't it? Because you know, uh, the only, I guess, view of this that you get is really is how they perform on a Saturday. And as we've discussed the comments afterwards, you know, we, we don't really have an idea of what's, you know, what, what the atmosphere is like, what's, you know, what, how people are getting on and things like that in, you know, in, in the dressing room and training and, and things like that. So, you know, it's quite hard to, I guess, analyse in that regard. But I think you're right. I mean, I mean, something's definitely switched within the last month or so, isn't it? Because, and he, he mentioned in his comments after the last game that, you know, he's, he's been saying then, even when we looked relatively safe, that we've got to keep getting to this point total. And some of the players were like, well, you know, we don't think so. We don't need that. Um, but, you know, obviously it's, it's come back around, hasn't it? You know, we're, we're back down, you know, what is it? One, two points above you know, 23rd place or whatever it is. 
Yeah, I think he's he's always been aware that the squad's not very good. And I think even in the early part of the season, he was he was kind of saying it was going to be a struggle. And I think we all realised that. But I think in recent weeks, telling them they're not good enough and telling them or telling the media that, that certain players are not good enough, um, I think that's that's probably had an impact. And I think that should have probably waited until we've we've got the amount of points on the board. You know, another point would have would have done it. I think that that's probably when that should have should have happened. And then I suppose when when you're safe and you're math- mathematically safe, you can you can announce who's going to be leaving next, mm. in in the summer. You can announce those players that have turned down deals, um, and you don't have to play them. You know, take them out and, and play other players, but. You know, we're not going to have that luxury now as well. The certain players that we probably need to have a look at for next season. But Cox was probably hoping in the last four or five games you can try things, you can have a look at players. We've not got that luxury because and he's he's stuck in a position now where he's having to play what he deems is his best team. But then there's a lot of those players that are not going to be here next mm. season for, for one reason or another. So it's not a good position to be in. Um and yeah, again, you know, we, we we're relying on others because we're not going to be able to do it ourselves, and that's the most most disappointing thing. But I think the players have got to be more professional as well. I think they've got to they've got to take some responsibility. And I think you mentioned it earlier about sort of pride in the performances. And I think there's only a few players that can actually say you know they've, they've given it the role. And I think one player I, I do want to kind of single out is Mason O'Malley. I think he was. Poor, I think he had a, a sort of poor first half yesterday, um, but I thought he was outstanding at Mansfield when he had sort of mm-hmm. ten other players that that just didn't give a shit and and it, they were just going through the motions. I thought he was the one that was flying into tackles. He, he was trying his best, and you know that's what we want to see. And I think it's it's I felt sorry for him because he was the only one that looked to me like like he he gave a shit. And I think you could probably say Jem as well in in that. You know, I didn't think he had a. Uh, particularly good game, but I think he gave it his all, and I think that's you know that's what we want to see. And unfortunately, that's not what we're getting from from all the players. I mean, this we're assuming the majority of these players are going to get moved on. I think that's very likely. Question here from Rob is saying, do you guys believe we have any chance of improving next season slash not getting relegated? So long as we don't get relegated this season, you know, with them in charge, with Cox in charge, with you know, with what's going on. What do you think? Because I, I mean, I think this season, next season, it's going to be the same as this. Realistically, isn't it? You know, we're not just gonna. There's not the money to get a whole new team of like that we had maybe like three, four, five years ago and go on a on a, on a run if you like, or you know, be targeting promotion as a sort of main goal of the season. I think it's going to be very much like this. Do, do you think the case is that we will see? I guess Judge Cox as a manager in the early part of next season when it's perhaps his players and he's doing what he wants to do with them? I think that, yes, that's that's what, what's going to have to happen. I mean, it's been garbage, hasn't it? I mean, yes. Um, but we, we, I, he's not going to get sacked now. There's, there's, there's no point in sacking him now. It's, he, he would have gone already. Um, and as, as we know, when he came into the club at the start of the season, um, you know, Miller's squad was made up, sort of like 80, 85% made up, wasn't it, before <clears throat> excuse me, before he came in. So he, he didn't really have any say on those players that were being brought in, uh, most of which were, you know, garbage, let's be honest. They're not, they're not football league standard. Um, so he, he kind of came in, he, he's dealt a difficult hand and it, it was just the nature of it, unfortunately. And I think... Of course, if if we didn't sort of go into panic stations and think, you know, we this isn't working, we need some experience. We brought some experience in, and and you know, as we said before, the signing of kind of like Brown, Howard, and and Caracan have essentially what's kept us up this season. Really, that bit of experience it, it was just desperately needed. And I think that you know, will, will the club make that mistake again by going into the season with just basically bargain bin players? You know, like. Yeah, yeah, Jarvis and Mooney, players like that, who just you know, should not be anywhere near a professional football club. And I think <clears throat> this is what it is, it's because they're already there. And I hope you would hope that moving into next season, obviously the budget is going to be cut. But as, as we've said, as, as we've read, um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If it's managed the right way, you can 
still be effective on a smaller budget without a doubt as long as you kind of manage to sign the right players and I don't leave it too late and I think Swan said in his interview he said most of our playing squad did he did he say should should be made up by the end of May this year for next season I think that, that was right? that was not not in the most recent interview but that was one I think about a week or so ago yeah, so I mean that. I mean that to me sounds ambitious, um, but if that's the case, that would then suggest that they've got clear targets mapped out of the players they want to bring in because that's you know end of May. That's early, isn't soon, it? Soon, isn't it? It's about a month away. It, it, it's really early. So if we take that at face value and think that we're going to have most of our team that we're going to be playing with next season sort of signed up or agreed by the end of next month, I mean that you know that fair play if that's what's going to happen I mean I can't see it it seems a bit ambitious but I mean that would be the complete opposite to what happened last season and that's what we need to happen and obviously you know the Cox will be here now won't he they'll be in here for a season and you know so you'd like to think that he's he's going to have at least some say in these in these signings so um, but yeah absolutely I mean going back to the question you know Cox is, is, is going to be judged on on next season more than he would be judged on this season. If if he managed to keep us up this season, then, you know, however disgraceful it was, it's job done, isn't it? We're still a football league club, which is the main thing. Um, so if he if he gets the chance to influence the transfers coming in in, in the summer and, and we manage to put together a half-decent squad that will, you know, basically comfortably keep us in the league next season. I mean, you'd like to think that, but it is, you're looking at wholesale changes. But is, um, is, is there not an argument that that half-decent team, we've had that this season? I mean, to an extent, yes, we have. I agree with that. Because if you pick the players out, there's, there's sort of, on, <clears throat> I mean, I say on paper again, I don't like using that, but like there's seven or eight that in theory should be really good in this league. Yeah, well, that, that's the worrying thing, isn't it? I mean, you're looking at players like, um, you know, like you're looking at players like Kev, you're looking at, um, Gilead, you know, yeah, yeah. Gilead, you know, these players <clears throat> and these attacking players and obviously Beeston as well. I know he's going to be mm-hmm. in next season, but I mean, there's still players are still in the building, but I mean, you know, how are we going to bet three players like that? We're not. It's as simple as that. We're not. But having said that, you know, Kev is not the most consistent performer. He's not really done it this season because of injuries and, and things like that. You know, it's not really been a Kev season, has it? Let's be honest. I mean, Gilead's probably been the most consistent performer. Issa's very hit and miss, you you know, when he turns up, he's 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 unplayable. But we we don't see it often enough. Having said that, I would expect a, a League One club to come in and take him on because he, he is good enough for League One. If his if his consistency is is kind of more on point, if you like. Um, so you know, no. In terms of raw ability, we we can't improve on those character players. But in terms of consistency, we can. So it's like you know, we can bring players into places, players that over the course of the season would help us bring in more points than these players here, despite the fact that their natural ability is not on the same level, if you see what I mean. It's all mm-hmm. about consistency and, and, and kind of buying into what the manager wants to do. So it's it's difficult. So it's not necessarily... That's it. is, that a man- is that a manager thing? <clears throat> well, it's, it's... You know, I don't know who the hell knows. It's a bit of everything. How, how are we going to know? It's, it's behind the scenes. But, you know, these players that were brought in at the start of the season, they're not players Cox has picked. So it's difficult to say that if they were players he picked... And then, then, then they wouldn't listen to him or work with his system. Then he's got it wrong. It's definitely Cox. But we will know that next season if that's if if the, if one of the bigger problems wasn't just the recruitment, which it definitely was, and mm-hmm. it was the manager as well. We will find that out at the start of next season. If if we're sort of like 10, 15 games in and we're at the bottom of the table, you, you can you know it's pretty much guaranteed Cox is going to be gone, um, without a doubt. So we'll see you know if he's good enough or not. But I mean, on face value, I I, I take Cox to be. I'm still going to die on the hill for now. I know yeah. you keep asking me. I still think that he's the right man for the job. I mean, what he came in, it's, it's been a horrendous season. I mean, briefly go through this coronavirus, you know, et cetera. The signings weren't hit, the ridiculous amount of injuries and inexperienced managers coming in who turned it around kind of three quarters way into the season and at a pinch in places we look like, Oh, you know, this sounds incredibly unrealistic. Now we, we look like we could have, we, you know, we were a few points away from being close to the playoffs. We were, that's where we were and we've fallen so far, which is obviously the manager as well. So, you know, there's that as well, but obviously that run kept us up without a doubt. Um, So it'll be interesting to see, you know, with Cox's players, with some more consistency, 
without the horrendous injuries that we seem to get every single season. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, it'll probably happen again next season because it's a joke, isn't it's it? It's about 63 this year, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's actually more than that now. Yeah. But yeah. So, you know, if that doesn't happen, then, you know, we might be all right, but you don't know that. You know, who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. But I mean, yes, Cox judged on the next 10, 15 games of next season based on the, the squad that's been assembled in the summer. And then after that, there's nowhere to hide. But at the same point, if the man, if, the, if if Swan gets rid of him, he's sacking another manager. So he's, he's made another incorrect appointment. So there's almost nowhere for him to hide either because we've tried everything. So it's, you know, it's a real mess. You mentioned wholesale changes, but is there going to be wholesale changes? Mm. I, I'm not sure there is. I think you listened to Peter Swan, I don't know, it was it was sometime in the last couple of weeks, and he said that a lot of the budget is already accounted for, as it stands, um, with players you know that are on two-year deals that, that are signed up for next season. And I think we've got some decent players in there. You know, we've got Taft, Manny, Beeston, Spence, um, you know, there's, there's some decent players, but then there's a lot of deadwood within that that ideally we'd, we'd want to move on. But we've, we've spoken about in previous weeks, very difficult to move those players on. We we sort of, we've spoken about Dales. You know, he's never really got a chance here, but it's been difficult to get him out the door. Um, and the, there's various others. So I think you know we're, we're going to end up with them at the club next season unless we can get them out on loan to sort of non-league clubs. Um, and again, you know, the chairman told told us he might make five signings, five or six signings. Um, so then the quality of those signings has, has got to be good and, and they've got to fit the style of play that if, if Neil Cox is going to be managing next season, you're right, Matt. I think he, he's got to be involved in picking those players and I think they've got to be able to play the way that he wants and they've got to be the right characters and you know we, we can't have that. He wants them to play in a certain way and he told us when he came in that they want to try and play attractive football, they want to try and play attacking football, um, but at the very least, there'll be 11 players that, that fight for the shirt and give everything for the shirt. And we're not seeing any of that. Um, we maybe did for a small period where we picked up the points. Um, great, but, you know, the season's not four games long. What about the rest of the season? And I appreciate it was very difficult at the start of the season for him to come in. It wasn't his players. There was literally no experience. The players were dropping like flies. You know, it's been a very difficult season for him and and... His job was to keep us up. If we go on and do that, then then great. But he's got to kind of, if we're going to keep him in as, as manager, he's got to be backed and we've got to sign the players um, somehow within the budget that are going to fit his style of play and um, allow him to deliver what he what he promised and what he said he was going to try and do. Um, because at the moment, we've not seen that. And I think we, there's, there's many kind of factors that play this season. And I think we can maybe just about give him the benefit of the doubt if he keeps us up. Um, but yeah, as you say, Matt, I think it's, it's going to be sort of end of October uh, where we where we know whether he's the man for the job. And again, we, as you say, we've tried all so many different managers and, and you know, none of them have particularly worked. Um, so then, you know, where do we go from there if, if it doesn't work next season? I think there's, there's a lot of um, kind of questions um, ahead of the summer but I don't think there's going to be wholesale changes I can't see us signing 10, 12 players I think I think it's going to be a lot less than that Yeah well that's something else we've had a lot of questions in about actually um, you already mentioned that Peter Swan said you know the 5 or 6 target um, just a handful here you know given who we have under contract already where would the panel add 5 or 6 coming in will that squad give them confidence uh, would you give any of the current squad a contract for next season? Looking for next season, what do we need? For me, it's an experienced spine, so a goalkeeper, Taft, centre midfield, forward as a minimum. Um, and yeah, don't mind looking for players with potential, but they must be ready for league football. So, you know, along the same sort of thing. So, so yeah, maybe we just sort of wrap up with that. Where, where would we add add the players for next season? And Or maybe maybe start with that one about would you give any of the current squad contract for next season because like we said earlier on some deals were on the table they've got removed um you know who would you give i mean i i still i've said before i of the ones that are not already signed up like amali and beastin i would be trying to get carajan and i'd be trying to get gilead however unlikely we sort of like, like let, let's map, map out who's going to be in next season i think mm-hmm. you know very, very briefly um goalkeepers we're led to believe that watson will be here next season i'm not yeah. sure if that's really been confirmed but um, you know my opinion on that. <clears throat> um, so you know, in in terms of 
defence, um, you know, you're looking at kind of, of course, Mane's going to be here, of course, that's going to be here, which, which is, is a good base uh, to build on, assuming they can keep fit. Um, you know, whether they can keep fit. I think yeah. that's the key. players, if they're fully fit, if not, you know, you, you, you've seen them in the last few games, um, been been a disaster, really. Uh, I think Taft, Mansfield, Taft was absolutely shocking. Um, and you just got to hope that he, he isn't 100% fit. But we've seen enough, I think, yeah, yeah. of those two together to think that with a full pre-season that, that they might might be OK. I think they'll be good. Yeah, I think that's the case. It's the full pre-season. We don't know what Taft got at Bolton, um, but we know that Manny didn't really get a pre-season because he had a hernia when he came mm-hmm. in, didn't he? <laughs> Not ideal, but I still think, he, you know, full pre-season and, and they'll both be they'll be, both be absolutely fine. Um, obviously, th- th- there's players we need to bring in there, what we're going to do with the right-back situation. Yeah, I think we need a right-back, you know. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I we've got to assume. I think we assume Clark's not going to get a deal this time around. I, 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 I just don't see it. See it. I don't no, see I, it. I don't think so. And I think, I mean, Rose. I think Rose is he out of contract as well, or even if he's not, I think, I think he is. I think he he's done okay. I mean, it's unfair to compare him to O'Malley because <clears throat> O'Malley, in a way, has been the exception. You know, he's he's really come into a team like well, in a way that's you just wouldn't expect, would you? You know, he's really hit the ground running. And I think, I think Roe is moving into the team in a way that you might expect for a player of his age to be normally, you know, he's going to have some poor games, you know, he's going to have some good ones. And I think long-term he's, he would be quite a decent one to have, but I think we need another one in the building. I think yeah, we do. Roe yeah. is under contract for next season. Mm-hmm. So, oh. so is Green. Green, okay. Oh, is 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 he really? Oh, right. Okay, that's good because he's one of them who I would have offered a contract to. Us. Me too, actually. Yeah, <coughs> and Spence and Beeston, obviously, we've got. Yeah, so I mean, looking at that, we, we've got there's there's this sort of the the kind of initial makings of, of you know I mean sort of because I'm I'm glad that Green is there. I mean Spence Beeston, you know, very 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 capable. We're going to need more creative players to play alongside them if you like. Obviously, we're going to need wingers because as you said, you know you want. You want to offer a contract to Gilead, but yeah. you, gonna, you, well, yeah. it's pointless. It, it, you know, he, he chances are he's already got a deal somewhere else. But anyway, I think that you know, absolutely, we're going to need a strike. I think Lost Loft is relatively good base to start from. He, we've seen that although he's he's not particularly refined, he, he's he's there's something there. He, he does well enough. He scores goals. He knows where the goal is, and, and he he does his job well enough. And I think with a good partner, he'll be absolutely fine. I, I, I still quite like Loft. I think he was a really he was a decent side, and I think he could have scored more goals. But he the goals he did score, he, he took really well. Um, so that that you know that's what we've got, isn't it? You know, you're looking at six or seven players that are kind of going to be here next season that you you think will be in and in and around the the, the squad, which which sort of still leaves you with about five or six to, but I think we're probably going to need more than that really um, <clears throat> to be honest I'd, I'd like to see you know I think most of us like to see Carrickon stay because I think mm-hmm. as far as I understand we've not even been paying a wage we've been paying expenses this year do you know what I mean so well think, think back to <clears throat> which game was it Was I think it was Morecambe I think it was um, yeah I think it was and he was one that came out afterwards didn't it and it was a brilliant interview you know and it was like that, that there it was like just what, well, that's get yeah. him signed up, you know. That's what you need, and I mean, we said that. I think I even tweeted that to be honest. I said, you know, sign him up, um, and and, and that's the kind of play you need. You know, a bit of experience. You know, very very a character good. as well. Exactly. You know, and and the fact that he wants to be here, which you know, how many of the exactly. players can we say? You know, I don't think the wage would be huge either. So it, I just don't understand the fact that you know, if we, if we don't sign him for another year, he's, he's proven his fitness. He's, he's, I think he had one, what kind of an injury for a few weeks, but. Considering he hadn't played a huge amount of football, I think the the performance he put in were really really good, and the attitude was excellent. And and I think he's 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 proven his fitness, hasn't he? Obviously, you know he's getting on a little bit, but I think he's definitely good for it for a year next season. I think he'd be oh, one easy, of the first easy. ones. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, in answer to the question, the players that were already here, yeah. I think I, I'm glad that Green's staying. I didn't realise that he had another contract next year. I'd rather Watson was released for obvious reasons because we're going to need an experienced goalkeeper anyway. Um, but I, I'd, I'd definitely sign uh, Caracanel. And and at the rest, I mean, realistically, I don't even know if I'd offer a, a deal to Gilead. I mean, you want him to stay, he's, he's excellent. But then, you know, he, he's sort of like, the whole season he's going to be, I can do better than this. And he's, and he's right, he should be in League One, to be quite honest. So I think that that's probably not very realistic. So, you know, at the current lot, I, I would probably try and try and sign up Karakan and then get rid of as much shite as possible, which would include players like Jarvis. Well, on we that, got... how, how concerned are you about the forwards? I mean, because we've, we've got Loft tied up, but also you look at it, 
I think Mooney, he's here, isn't he? Jarvis is here. Dunval Turan is Mooney here. one year? Oh, Mooney sure. might be one year, to be fair. But Dunval Turan and <coughs> Jarvis are two years, aren't they? Well, that's the so, worrying thing. Yeah, that's like, thing. can you free them up to bring in somebody else? Because well, I think we've got to assume Kev's not here. No, Kev won't be in there. Um, but how, how do you get rid of them? Exactly. Who the hell is going to come in for these donkeys? Do you know what I mean? Nobody, really. I mean, it'd be a case of us just freeing them up, just just getting rid of them so we can, you know, Mooney will go back to where, McDonald's on weekends and things like that. And, this yeah, is where exactly. it's so vital, isn't it, that you have to recruit well. You know, yeah. you've got to really spend that money wisely, especially if it is going to be so limited. You can't be buying, hmm. like, three or four of those players. Yeah, you can't exactly. We said this before. I think you, you can't you can't buy shit like that and then not buy an experienced player because you've brought in absolute posers and, and players that shouldn't be in the club. You know that, that, that there's three or four there, isn't there? I mean, as we said, yeah, I don't I don't even know. I've only seen him play two or three times. Yeah. I don't even know what the hell's going on. That's a joke. How did he get two years? I don't understand that. I don't understand. You know, same with Mooney. Same with Jarvis. Dreadful. You know, that's that's three. You know, off the top of my head, I'm sure there's more that we've brought in and, and they're just not good enough. So get rid of them and you know even if that means that we can sign Carrick up for a full season that's good business yeah. do you know what I mean and ah, so that that's the frustrating thing is but it was yeah I don't know mate but it's, it's you know we, we need to spend the budget right as we said a reduced budget is not necessarily a bad thing if it's spent correctly and the that that <clears throat> line about you have the majority of it in place by the end of May, whether that comes to fruition or not. I don't think that's something that you should hold the club to. Definitely not. But it does, as you were saying earlier, Matt, it suggests that there are targets in place. Yes, you'd like to think so, because the targets that were in place last season were, well, horrendous. So hopefully we don't do the same thing, but you wouldn't think so with Cox being there because he, he will be able to say, you know, that if, if, if Swan comes off, you know, this this player, you know, you know Mooney or whatever. And, and you know, I think even Russ... Mm. sort of thought, you know, I wouldn't even play these in the under-23s. Why are you buying them for the first team? But anyway, you know, it's it, it, absolutely... So Russ had the right idea when he turned this down. <laughs> well, he knew what he was doing, didn't he? I mean, you know, who can blame him? I think that, you know, we need to be realistic. We need to be... We can't... The, the worrying thing is that, think you know, the budget's going to be cut. We're not going to look to bring in too many experienced players, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you're going to be in the same situation as you were this season where we're going to have to go out mid-season and bring players in who've not had a proper full, full you know, uh, pre-season, who, who might not be fit, who've got questionable injury records. You know, we're looking at the bargain basement because we've left it too long and thought that youth would be good would be enough if we make that mistake again. I think we'll probably get relegated. It's as simple as that. So we've got to get these players in as part of our initial recruitment mm-hmm. plan and policy to get this spy on the team that we spoke about so many times, get them signed up because, you know, the the, the, the club's football kind of existence is on the line here. We, we have to get this right. Right. I think we'll probably just leave it there then, actually. Um, yeah, so obviously there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to happen, I think, between now and the end of the season, even though it's only, you know, a couple of weeks away. Um, next game, Newport, Tuesday night again, and then I think with Saturday, and then I think it's the following Saturday for the Stevenage game. Uh, so I guess there'll be one next week where we'll, we'll go back to sort of our normal format. We'll probably look at the Newport and the Bradford games together uh, before one, the final week for sort of the last game of the season. I think hopefully we're going to try and get Andy on as well to do a bit of a, a stat roundup of the season as well. So that'd be, that'd be quite interesting. Um, but yeah, well, I guess we'll just have to see what happens Tuesday and keep an eye on Grimsby and keep an eye on Southend. I think we're out of it, but you never know. Right. Thanks for listening to this. See you on the next one. At Tiger Self Storage, we offer both commercial and domestic storage to allow us to cater to all your storage requirements. We care about our clients, and that is why we offer up to six weeks free storage for all new clients. Our facility has state-of-the-art security with 24-hour CCTV, an alarmed and gated property, and personal access codes for maximum security. We also sell high-quality storage merchandise at low prices. If you're looking for storage for moving home, general decluttering, or maybe even storage for your business, Tiger Self Storage has a unit for you. For a free quote, visit our website, tiger-storage.co.uk. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.